0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if you may be watching today for the very first time. We want you to stay tuned today as we're going to be discussing this Bible subject God's Viewpoint on the Future Resurrection. I hope you'll stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer the free Bible Correspondence Course. I'd emphasize that it is free, absolutely free, and we want you to have it. In order that you might know more about it, that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in
0: your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course this course is non-denominational, it's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: I'm reading now from the fifteenth chapter of First Corinthians. I'm going to be reading, begin reading in verse 35, and I'll read through verse 38. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as He pleases, and to each seed its own body. There is within man that desire to know something about the future. That there's something about man to, that, that causes him to desire information about the future life and, and whether or not there is a resurrection. And all factual information about the resurrection of the human body is confined to the Bible. God has revealed in the Bible everything that He wants to know on every subject. There are just some things He has not revealed. And obviously, had He wanted us to know those things, He would have revealed them to us. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29 says that the secret things belong to God. Things that are revealed belong to man. There are certain things that God has revealed to us and they're revealed in the Bible. He's given us all things that pertain to life now and life to come. As Peter wrote in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, all things that pertain to life and, and godliness. And all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And all of those Scriptures that are given by inspiration of God are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You see, everything God wants us to know on any particular topic has been revealed in the Bible. And when we have what God has revealed in the Bible, it's not then left speculation. And there are many things that we may not fully comprehend that have been revealed. But I don't know of anything that I do not want to understand. Over the many years of preaching the gospel, I've had many people ask me about the future life. What is it going to be like? What would it be like to have a resurrected body? Well, everything we want to know about that is limited to the Bible. The word resurrection itself means a coming forth from the dead. And this is something that is of interest, I think, to all people. The immortality of the soul is the hope of all mankind. Well, there are different views people have about the resurrection of the dead. There are those that see it like this. They, they would say, well, now, you know, Billy, when you die, that's just the end of it all. There isn't anything after this life. And if that's the case, then a man is no more than a cow, no more than a chicken, no more than a snake, no more than a dog. When we we die, that's just the end of our existence. And that's one attitude or one view that people have of the resurrection. Another view that people have of the resurrection is that only the soul survives death. And that would be the end of man's body. But a third view of the resurrection is that the body and spirit both survive death and shall live again someday. There have been eras taught about the resurrection of the dead. That there was the teaching of the Sadducees about it. In Acts the twenty-third chapter and verse eight, it is said that the Sadducees say there is no resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in the spirit world. They did not believe in angels and the like. Well, that's erroneous. And that was in contrast to the Pharisees of the Sadducees' day because the Pharisees did believe in the resurrection. Another error taught about the resurrection is it's already gone. It's already happened. It's past. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 16 and 18, there were two men by the name of Philetus and Hymenaeus who were teaching people that the resurrection has passed already. And it was destroying the faith of some of those Christians in their time. And then another error taught about the resurrection is that it's not going to be a resurrection. That is, they just reject the idea of there being any future life beyond this life. But you and I can have the assurance of the future resurrection. Well, what would give us that assurance? Well, first of all, we can be assured because some have already been raised from the dead. For example, Jesus has been raised from the dead. Jesus died according to the scripture. He was buried and He was raised again the third day according to the Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, verse 4. The very fact that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead should show that God has the power to raise the dead and that He can raise us from the dead. But then there was the resurrection of Lazarus. Lazarus was one of Jesus' friends. Jesus would spend time in the home of Mary Martha and Lazarus and Lazarus died. And when Jesus came to where Lazarus had been buried, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that tomb. The pulse began to beat in his veins again. He was raised from the dead. Then another resurrection in the Bible is that of the Shunammite's child in Second Kings chapter 4. The prophet of God raised that child from the dead. In Mark chapter 5, verse 35 and following, there was the raising of the daughter of a man by the name of Jairus. And then in Acts the ninth chapter, there was a woman by the name of Dorcas or Tabitha, who was a certain disciple, a woman that was filled with good works, alms deeds, she used her sewing needle to help people. She made coats and garments for, for widows that were in need. But she died. And when she died, those people for whom she had made those garments came and showed them. Those were the monuments of the life that she lived. But then Peter came. And when Peter came where Dorcas had died, he, she was raised from the dead. Then in Acts, the 20th chapter, we have an example of Paul preaching for a long time. As a matter of fact, he said he preached until midnight. And there was a man there by the name of Eutychus who was sitting in a window. And he fell out of the window. Maybe he went to sleep while the preacher was preaching. I have heard of people falling out of a pew while the preacher was preaching because they went to sleep and they fell out into the floor. And so he fell down to the ground, and they took him up. He was dead. And Paul raised Eutychus from the dead. And then there were the saints after Jesus' resurrection that were raised from the dead, according to Matthew chapter 27, verse 51 to 53. You see, the very fact that others have been raised from the dead assures us of our resurrection, That one day, even just as our bodies will be placed in the earth, that God will have the power to raise us from the dead one day. But then there is the assurance of Scripture itself. For example, in Job the 14th chapter and verse 14, the question is asked, If a man die, will he live again? Now, how do you suppose that question was answered in Job's day? If a man die, will he live again? Down through the centuries, people wondered about the answer to that question until Jesus came on the scene. And in John 11 and 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You see, the Bible gives us the assurance that there's going to be a resurrection. I want to call your attention to some passages in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, beginning in verse number 13. In chapter 4 and verse 13, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Think about that. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. That is, will not go before those who are in the grave. For the Lord Himself will, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain, that is, those who are living uh, when Jesus comes, those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, that is, the dead in Christ who have now been resurrected, together with them in uh, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. While those verses are teaching that there's going to be a resurrection of the dead. Now, the resurrection is not confined just to a certain group of people. It is universal in its nature. That is, there's a time coming that all that are in the graves will be resurrected. In Daniel, the twelfth chapter, and verse 2, Daniel there said, Many that sleep in the dust of the earth shall arise, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And there's going to be a resurrection one day. And our Lord said in John five twenty-eight, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in their grace shall hear His voice. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. You see, there's a day coming when our Lord will come, and there will be the resurrection of the just and the unjust. And someone says, well, I, I thought, Brother Lambert, that I heard a man say one time, that there would be a period of time between the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust. Well, I'm aware that there are those that believe that and teach that, that there's going to be some period of tribulation between the resurrection of the just and the unjust. But let me read that verse to you again. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, that is, a certain point in time is coming, in the which all that are in the grave who is in the graves? All that are in the graves. How many all that are in the graves shall do what? Shall hear his voice. When will they hear his voice? When will all in the graves hear his voice? In that certain hour, that certain point in time, all will hear his voice and shall come forth. When will all who hear his voice come forth? It's in that hour, in that particular point in time. All who are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good on the resurrection of life. Those that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. There isn't any room in John 5, 28 and 29 for a period of time between the resurrection of the just and the unjust, between the good and the bad, between the righteous and the unrighteous, the saved and the unsaved. When Christ returns, the dead are going to be raised up on that particular day. And in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, I want you to listen to what Paul writes in verse number 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And those who die in Christ will be raised to everlasting life, and they will live forever with God in eternal bliss. This is a universal resurrection. And then, what is the nature of this resurrection? Well, we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and this is what we learn about the nature of the resurrected body. It's going to be a changed body. Look at verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And so you're going to have, we'll be raised, but we shall be changed. Well, someone says, what kind of a change is that? Well, in 1 John, the third chapter and verse 2, I know that John is writing about our hope in Christ and His return one day. And he says that we shall be like Him for well, we shall see him as he is. In Philippians, the third chapter, and verse 21, Paul said, Who shall change our vile body and fashion it like unto his glorious body? The New King James says that he will change our, uh, our body and transform it. It will be a transformed body. That is, it will be a body that's no longer subject to growing old, It will be a body that is not subject to getting sick. It will be not subject to hurting. Uh, It will be a glorified body, just like the body our Lord had when He was raised from the dead. It will be a changed body. Someone says, well, I want you to tell me more about it. All I can tell you is that the Bible says it will be changed. It's now a mortal body. It will be immortal. It is now subject to death and disease and decay, but it will no longer be subject to those things. Well, then it's also going to happen instantaneously. It will be an instantaneous change of body. Notice verse 51 again. We shall all be changed in a moment. This is verse 52. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And so we're going to be changed in an instant. In an instant. And this change is going to be from dishonor to honor. Notice verse number 43 in 1 Corinthians 15. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It's going to be raised, sown it was sown in weakness. It will be raised in power. Well, when a body person dies... Their body is a weak body. There isn't anything that body can do. That body cannot lift a finger. That body cannot breathe. That body cannot see. So far as we know, that body cannot hear. It's sown in weakness. But when it's raised, it will be raised in power. Verse 44 says, It will be raised a spiritual body. It is sown a natural body. The body that is deposited in the earth when an individual dies is their natural body. It's their physical body. That physical body is subject to so much uh, happening to it and those of you who are watching now can understand what I mean when I say that the body of man begins to get older all alone. But see, that raised body not only will not be a natural body. It's going to be a spiritual body. And, and so this is going to be a marvelous thing indeed. I cannot comprehend all of that in my, with my mind, but I know the Bible teaches that we're going to be raised. And it's going to be an eternal body. Listen to the Apostle Paul over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1. For we know that if there's earthly house of our tabernacle, word dissolved, Well, when someone says, what does that mean, that is, if it's dissolved? That is, if we die. If this old body dies, we know that if this body dies, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And we sometimes sing a song about going to that place where the soul of man never dies. And we will have a a spiritual body and we we will be a spiritual being just as God is a spirit being. Christ is now a spirit being. The Holy Spirit is a spirit being. And all of those who died are thusly well somebody says, what is all of this going to when is all of this going to happen? Well, when are the dead going to be raised up? Well, it's going to be after the second coming of Jesus Christ. We just read that from 1, Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, when is that going to happen? It's going to happen when Jesus Christ comes again. Verse 16 says, For the Lord. Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall be raised first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I might point out from that passage of Scripture there is no indication the Lord was going to set His foot on this earth ever again. We're going to meet Him in the air, not on this earth for a period of a thousand years. But someone says, what's really going to happen, Brother Lambert, when He comes? And when will it happen? It's going to be after the living have been changed, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And it's going to be before the judgment comes. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, Jesus said, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all of His holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats, and He'll set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. You see, we're going to the judgment. All of us are going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 10, Romans 14, and verse number 12. And the resurrection will occur before we pass into our eternal destiny. The greatest day there will be in the history of this world will be that day when Christ comes back when the dead are raised and men stand before the judgment that their destiny might be fixed for all eternity. And those who lived and died in Jesus Christ have nothing to fear. That's when they're going to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. You just enter into the joy of thy Lord. But those who fail to serve him will hear him say, Depart from me. Depart from me. Friends, I want you to know that the resurrection gives us hope. What people really need today is some hope. There are people watching right now who feel hopeless about their lives. They, they, they don't feel any purpose to their lives, meaning to their lives. But because we can live again beyond this old world of veil and tears, we have hope. And that's why in the 18th verse of 1, Corinthians, of 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul said, Comfort one another with these words. What words? Words about Jesus' resurrection. Words about Jesus' coming. Words about our resurrection from the dead and being with the Lord throughout all eternity. That's comforting to us. And we ought to know that God can, in fact, raise us from the dead. He's got that power. And Jesus said it's so. I think the question is, have I lived my life so that when that resurrection comes it all would be well with me? If you're not a Christian, you're not saved, may I encourage you to give your life to Christ by believing in Him. John eight twenty four, 24. Repenting of your sins in, hor- in accordance with Luke thirteen three, Confess your faith in Him in harmony with Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. And be baptized in obedience to the command of our Lord in Mark 16 and 16. Would you do that today? I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer.
0: From my very first day at Faulkner, it's been an incredible experience. There's so much to do around campus, and I know that I've made friends that will last a lifetime. I love using my iPad in my classes. I feel really prepared for the future. Plus, the use of e-text helps me cut costs on textbooks.
1: At Faulkner University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different from most other universities. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you.